Hello folks, it's Friday, and we made it through another week since Super Bowl Sunday, which, if you were a San Francisco 49ers fan, was undoubtedly very disappointing. But what I'm going to talk to you about is something not only personal, but something that affects you as well. And in only about 10 minutes, I'm asking you to listen and give what I'm saying some thought, not only about the Super Bowl, but professional sports relevancy altogether. I'm asking you to put yourself in my position. What I'm about to say, I feel, is the equivalent of being a devout Catholic for many years, then having a a personal epiphany during Mass services, loudly proclaiming, that not only was there no immaculate conception, but additionally, there is no God. I want you to understand exactly how it feels to say something so completely against contemporary society, something that has become so deeply ingrained in American consumer culture that you may as well be Judas, the betrayer of Jesus. I only ask before your judgment that you allow Judas to speak. In my young life, I was really into sports, particularly baseball and football. Like so many young men at the time, I could rattle off professional statistics about so many players, particularly with baseball and football, as I said before. But what I didn't know at the tender age of around 26 was that something would happen which would change my life forever. And it all came as a consequence of one old man in a bar making a statement to me, which at the time seemed really bizarre. But little did I know that that statement would have a huge impact in my future life. I was in a bar in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I was actually there to witness history, as were a lot of guys my age. I honestly can't remember who the Minnesota Twins were playing at the time. I'm sure the record books have that information. But what was so unbelievably important to me at the time was to witness a record being broken. And that record involved the Minnesota Twins outfielder and slugger Kirby Puckett, who was potentially about to get his 1,000th hit, which would make him only the fourth uh, major league baseball player in history to accomplish that within five years. For me at the time, this was incredibly important. There was this older guy nursing a beer sitting at the center of the bar with so many of us young guys on either side of him about to witness history. And I was sitting right next to him on his, on his left. I remember being annoyed because the old guy was joking and talking to other people and not really watching the game. He just seemed weirdly detached. And he was definitely not in the spirit of the moment like we were. So wanting to share my annoyance with him, I said something to the effect of, Hey, do you understand what this is about? 
Kirby's about to make his 1,000th hit. He was looking to his glass and kind of chuckled, and he simply said, When Kirby Puckett starts paying my bills, I'll give a damn whether or not he breaks the record. I quickly dismissed it, thinking that the old guy was just drunk, or he was just stupid and really didn't understand what was at stake. Eventually, in what seemed like an eternity, Puckett came to bat. And on that day, in April of 1989, Kirby Puckett of the Minnesota Twins recorded his 1,000th hit, becoming the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to do so in the first five seasons. The bar exploded in cheer. There were lots of high fives and, of course, more beer. I remember a sense of pride, accomplishment, and the camaraderie. I remember going back to the old guy that was still sitting at the bar drinking his beer, and I was completely fired up, as what seemed like everybody else was. And I remember saying to him, Did you see that? Did you see what Kirby did? He laughed a little bit, and he said, Yeah, I saw it. Want me to tell you what it really means? What it really means to me? I think it was before I could actually say yeah that he said nothing. It didn't mean a damn thing to me. And you know what? It really didn't mean a damn thing for you either. You're just too stupid to know it. So I asked him again, either because I was too stupid to understand or the beer, or maybe both. And he said, I told you before, when Kirby starts paying my bills, when Kirby starts caring about my life, I'll start caring about his. I didn't realize it at that very moment, but that old guy had planted a seed of reason into my mind, and within another five or six years, I would totally give up any interest in professional sports. Now, just because I have no interest in professional sports, I'd like to pause from the story for just a moment to tell you about something that I feel you will definitely have an interest in. I have some very special items that I believe former President Trump could describe far better than I can. I believe he would say, you know, folks, I've got something here I know you're just dying to get your hands on. And this picture simply doesn't do them justice. No, folks, it doesn't. doesn't do them justice at all. They are beautiful and wonderful. Wonderful and beautiful, folks. They are wonderful and magnificent beyond description. Folks, they are simply magnificent. How's that for doing Donald Trump, folks? Let's make Ernest great again. The item on the left is a 3-inch by 3-inch refrigerator magnet extraordinaire. And it's even bendable. On the right, an absolutely beautiful 8 by 5-inch vinyl sticker for your window. This is high-quality vinyl that will not fade and is easy to remove. If for some unimaginable reason 
you should ever decide to do so. So what makes these items so special, you may ask? Well, these are the only items remaining that have my original show's logo. They are the last of the original. I don't have that many. When they're gone, they're gone. Never to be seen again. And just like Cabbage Patch dolls are destined to become family heirlooms. So if you missed your chance with Cabbage Pets dolls, here's your last chance to get the original artwork of the Ernest Mann Show. Just pick which one you want when you send me the coffee, which is in the Feed the Fridge link in the description below. I want to sincerely thank you now because whatever you are willing to send my way is definitely very appreciated. Now, let's get back to the show. Over time, what I came to realize was the old guy was totally correct. Nothing that has happened in professional sports since then, all the way up until now, had absolutely nothing to do with improving my life in any real and meaningful way. Of course, to a greater or lesser extent, if you happen to be employed in the industry, it can have some importance, such as being a radio or TV sports announcer, for example. But for the millions upon millions of average people, other than just the pure entertainment value, it has no real tangible value or benefit whatsoever. It is a complete, and often very expensive, waste of time. And there is a hell of a lot of other things in life that a person could be doing rather than wasting their time. I'm not railing against sports here. If a person or group, especially family, want to play some sports, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, it's supposed to be fun, physically good for you, and helps increase the social bonds between friends and family. But this is not the case with professional sports. Players with multi-million dollar contracts and the owners, always the real winners of this scam, who, at the end of the day, walk away with ungodly amounts of money, and who, relatively speaking, give back very little to society. It's also an absolute embarrassment to watch grown men and women behave like obsessed teenagers, behavior which only gets worse year after year, and is only going to get dumber and dumber. It seems very strange to me, and it should be very strange to you, that grown men can know all of these obscure statistical facts and figures about their professional teams, the players, the coaches, etc., but refuse to apply those memorization skills in practical terms, 
so they could become well-paid professionals in various fields, and therefore wouldn't have to bitch and complain about the economy, or whatever else in life isn't fair. The technical term for this is called vicarious identification, which basically means people who choose to live their lives through others, somehow imagining that they or their lives are actually much better than they actually are, that the accomplishments of famous people are somehow their own, which is, of course, deluded thinking. And giving this a little thought, perhaps it's not so strange that America seems to be following the same trajectory as another once great economic and military empire did over 2,000 years ago, Rome, which became famous for its Colosseum and what also became generally referred to as bread and circuses, which was very effective in distracting the masses as well, until Rome collapsed. Until next Monday or Friday, this is Ernest, wishing you peace and good things.